exploring the healing and culture building practices of embodied anti-racism. This is With Love and Justice for All with Reverend Ogan Holder and Reverend Kelly Isola. Good afternoon, at least here in my part of the country and where Reverend Ogan Holder is. I'm Reverend Kelly Isola with my co-host Reverend Ogan Holder. And welcome to With Love and Justice for All, where we have conversations around embodied anti-racism, dismantling oppression and oppressive systems, and the special challenges that arise for spiritual leaders. Um, today, we uh, we have a um, we try to talk about a couple of headline things each episode, and um, I'm not sure we have a. Of course, there's a never-ending supply of headlines that we could talk about. Um, and our focus today is rest, restore, repair, resist. Rest, restore, repair, and resist. And the resist piece is probably the most, the one where some heads might go, what? As they're listening, because doesn't resist sound like the opposite of rest and the opposite of, of restoration. So, plus, plus, we have that wonderful spiritual teaching that tells us what we resist persists. So we don't, we don't clear that up. Yes, um, as as well. So, um, uh, if you want to join the conversation, excuse me, you can call in at eight one six two five one three five five five. That's eight one six two five one three five. Five, five. While we're live, we would love to have people um, call in and be in conversation with us. You can also reach uh, Reverend Ogan or myself at um, projectsanctus.com. Um, we are co-founders of, of Project Sanctus. And you can follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Get Our Holy On, because uh, that's, our, that's our foundation. That's our our energy, that's our mantra. Get our holy on. Let's get our holy on. Living our most holy selves. Yes. Indeed, indeed. Um, and speaking of resting, um, a big rest in peace, rest in power to uh, General Colin Powell. We are probably all aware by now of the news of his death due to COVID complications. Um, he was our first African-American I guess probably person of color who was secretary of state. I got to check the history books on that. But first black U.S. secretary of state. Yeah, um, and which was which was a huge achievement as the son of immigrants. His parents immigrated from Jamaica. You know, Caribbean represents. Um, I'm from Barbados, and he rose to one of the highest offices in in the land. So when we when we speak of the importance of representation, um, he was a good model for that um of course we can't talk about him without just mentioning yes his legacy has that little asterisk next to it well that big asterisk actually uh because of 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 the iraq war and his support and testimony to to make that happen and at the same time at the same time we're also very clear that um we we don't judge an entire person including ourselves by maybe our worst moment no. um so except that we do sometimes or more often than i'd like to admit well there there you go we shouldn't i don't like to shut on people but uh we we probably oh, need God. to take a probably need to take a look at at when we do that specifically for ourselves let's let us we're not we're not the entirety of our worst moment um as no well. and he's he also admits it like he yes. later on afterwards he calls it a blot on his own record so it's not it's not a we're not saying something he doesn't already see and know and, and, you know, and own and, and, and he owns it. And then we also acknowledge his um, incredible life of service after he retired from uh, military service um, and working with the government. So um, safe home and thank you for your service, uh, General Powell. And before we jump into conversation, we do also want to invite you to um, a new book study that we're starting over at Project Sanctus on Zoom. We are going to be studying Heather McGee's book, The Sum of Us. Uh, this is a this is a this is a really important book. It came out earlier this year, so it's um, still pretty current. And the important thing about this book is she t- she travels across the country speaking to all kinds of people and really illustrates how the policies that sprung out of systemic racism also affects white America 
as much as it does black America. When I say as, as much, um, she's really looking at things in terms of the economy and, and employment and, and capitalism and how, how the white, because of the narrative that white America has brought into, um, zero sum game, she calls it this idea that in order for others to benefit, we must lose something. Right. And this is a narrative that still, um, is the, is the underlining narrative behind a lot of capitalist policies, politics, everything, right. The division within our country, if this group of people gains power, um, we will lose our place. We will lose our privilege, the privilege, by the way, which we don't want to admit that we have, um, So, so or, or we don't even know that we have, or we don't even know that we have. I mean, how many white bodies don't realize that the the privilege and privilege meaning unearned benefits? Yes, that's you know often uh, I hear from you know in conversations with with white folks that you know while I grew up you know there was seven of us and we are on food stamps and my dad was an alcoholic there was no privilege in my growing up that's not the kind of privilege we're referring to what the privilege that we're talking about is just what's built into the system the access to resources the unearned benefits the the very simple nature of you know being able to um, even just by you know putting your name on a job application you know the, the assumptions that are made or not made about you based on the color of your skin. Yep. Um, so, uh, yeah, so she takes a really, she looks at the root problem of racism um, in politics, in policymaking, in our um, economy. Um, and the uh, she takes a dive into the financial collapse in 2008, yep. um, you know, student debt problem. But she's really very clear that racism has costs for everyone not the same costs but there are costs for everyone so the book is the sum of us what racism costs everyone and how we can prosper together and we'll be exploring this book tuesdays november 2nd through november 30th so all the tuesdays in november from 7 30 to 9 30 p.m eastern head over to projectsanctus.com to register click on our 846 book club link uh, to register you must register sign up ahead of time it is a free um, participation is free to you and we do ask for donations and what we do with those donations is we always contribute a part to another organization doing a lot of anti-racism work so um, please join us please join us for this exploration the last the last thing i want to add to it is that she she does also uh touch into um uh, spirituality or spiritual, you know, our spiritual systems and yes. um, our, you know, you know, moral and spiritual crises because um, uh, they often go hand in hand. So she doesn't, she doesn't leave out. I don't, she doesn't leave much out, but it's no. very practical. And it's sometimes I think we can walk away from, from reading books like this or other book studies, maybe not um, feeling maybe a little more disheartened than we would, you know, I'd like to feel a little more hopeful or, or, and not that, that maybe I'll see a real change in my lifetime, but that there can be a new vision. Well, I'd like to see a change in my lifetime. I know I would too. I just, (laughs) I hold it a little loosely, Um, but at least, you know, having the idea that yes, there is a, you know, can be a new vision. Yes. I don't have to feel so disheartened all the time. And and one of the things that racism costs us, which uh, leads us to our conversation for today, what it costs is a lot of energy, <laughs> a lot of energy. It is exhausting uh, for for everyone, and and um, we will explore we explore what that looks like today. So today we're talking about rest, restore, repair, and resist. So uh, let's let's jump in on rest perhaps my favorite thing to do on any given day. Yes. <laughs> You're always advertising for the nap ministry. I know. I love it. I love it. I love, I, I, I love the idea. So, so, and, and we're going to bring it full circle because we're going to talk about rest and, but, but, but talk about how rest is in itself a form of, in a form of resistance. Um, and, and, and all of that. So, so this is, this is all very, circular they all connect let's 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 jump yes, in we're, so, gonna go, we're gonna go round and round for you <laughs> right. 
round and round and round we go where we stop. Nobody knows. Hopefully you'll know. Hopefully we'll know when we get there. So so let's talk about let's talk about rest. And when we mean when we say rest, yes, we are talking about physical rest, right? We're talking about mental rest. Emo- we're talking about rest in the most literal way, but we're also talking about rest in, in a bigger, bigger form, which is not grinding, not working, um, enjoying life, enjoying the things that make us happy. Um, so, so, so like, um, well, let's start with the not working, the not grinding, and 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 let's talk a little bit about this culture of overwork and grind that is part of what makes America so great, um, right. and why we need exactly. to take a rest. And, yeah. Well, it's it's also I just want you know rest is um we we tend to think of it very much in the physical sense, mm-hmm. and it, but it's a consciousness. Oh yes, yes it is. Well, it's. The pausing, not just physically pausing, but am I pausing, you know, have you noticed the hamster wheel, you know, or what you've heard probably the monkey mind, um, you know, that the committee. the committee, you know, the, the give it whatever it is, but all that chatter that goes on, like how get like giving that a rest turning yes. off, yeah. turning the volume down to, you know, um, we don't often pause that. And, um, and really, you know, rest is, is one of those, uh, you know, very powerful elements of self-care and rest doesn't necessarily mean, while I was joking about the nap ministry, it's not, it doesn't necessarily have to be long stretches of time either. I think that's where we get into trouble with the idea of rest. Well, I don't have an hour in my day to nap, or I don't have an hour and a half to go to the spa, or I don't have, you know, um, which is really just, uh, lack <laughs> coming back to I, I, was, I was gonna say you need to probably re-examine some priorities if you can't make some well time yeah time. but but you might not in you know depending on your schedule it's the but it's the judgment we have about thinking that it has to be that rest has to look a particular way right um and really starting in you know consciousness or our internal world right that yeah the resistance to rest. The, the, there you go. There's, there's that. There's, yeah. there's, there, there's that too. Because, because we've, we've brought into this culture of, our of equating our value with our productivity, right? So, yes. so yes. we always got to be going. We always got to be checking stuff off the off the to do list. Um, so we can feel accomplished, mm-hmm. um, and and we do carry a lot of guilt around around that um, as as well. Uh, you know, I would and and clergy especially um, yeah. cl- clergy. We we it's weird how we tend to often, I would say, point attention to and complain about how much there is that we have to do that people don't realize we have to do as clergy, which is a legit point. And at the same time, have we ever stopped to ask, do we have to do all the things that are on our to-do list? What would happen if we didn't, right? And and part of, and, and, and you, you, you talked about the consciousness of, of rest, that this is the idea in, in Sabbath. Sabbath, yes. Sabbath is, is taking a, a rest as in, stepping away from the the mental um and and emotional even the spiritual working all the time accomplishing doing stillness stillness you know what's what's interesting about it the rest when you think about rest and so there's obvious there's you know always practices and ways to slow the mind and and our emotions like a rest from our feelings, right? And a rest for our body. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it doesn't mean not feeling or not thinking. It just means, you know, I'm going to go on hiatus, right? Like I'm yeah. going to pause and maybe not self-reflect for a little bit. Like not, it's just being willing to, ch- and the irony of it is that when you rest, you're actually disrupting the system, the white body supremacy culture system, Uh, because that's not part of the system. You are literally taking yourself out of the production. Ooh, Reverend Kelly, Reverend Kelly. Yes. In in case I don't know, 
um, when you speak of the white body, white body supremacy culture, what are you talking about? How does how does this relate to to rest in and and overwork? So white body supremacy culture is is the the world that we live in here in the U.S. And it's not about often we hear the word white nationalist or white supremacy as as people that are very violent or or individuals that are out, you know, um, you know, demonstrating, you know, hate or oppression or, you know, and that's not, it's a, it's a white body supremacy culture are characteristics of the culture that show up within us, within our organizations, in our country. Um, and it, they're just, they're damaging because they're used as norms, they're used as standards um, without name, being named or chosen by anybody. You know, it's the, the, the that um, quote, you know, racism is not the shark in the water, it is the water. And so these cultural norms that are, you know, white supremacy cultural norms are, we have each been born into them, we're each socialized um, by these cultural norms. And they are, they show up in our attitudes, they show up in our behaviors, they, for people of color, for people that are white, um, for everybody, um, because it's, we're all swimming and drinking the same water. So this idea of get her done, this idea of production, this idea of here's my to-do list, I got to get it, like pushing through and that angst and that urgency and perfectionism is all that. So to rest, like to pause, to stop, is to actually take yourself out of that system and not perpetuate it. It's it, actually disruptive. Right. And it doesn't matter where or what you do, because this occurs no matter what, whether you are a person who is, um, what's, what's, I don't know if the word homemaker is still the best term, but <laughs> person who, who is at home raising their family, whether you are um, an employee or a volunteer at church, whether you are in, you run your own business, as long as there's that urgency to produce, there's that urgency to accomplish, and that's how you are equating your worth, then that's what we're talking about. And we can draw a straight line from that to to the days of of enslaved people, because that literally was their worth. How how can they produce? How much how much cotton could they pick? How much how much work can they do in the plantation? Because if they couldn't do any, then they were weren't worth anything. So and and it is from that 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 you know the seeds of our capitalist um, principles were were drawn. So so there is a deep connection to that. And by simply saying no to that grind, we're not saying don't get stuff done. We're simply saying the mental consciousness around it, especially, is what we're asking you to address and take a rest and take a break and notice. And sometimes that may look like an hour nap. Sometimes that might look like a simple five minute break where you just go sit, stare at a blank wall or meditate or breathe, just noticing your breath or going for a walk um, in five, 10 minute chunks during the day or realizing like, you know, maybe you don't need to work 60 hours a week or even 40 hours a week or 30 hours a week, maybe on the weekend, I don't look at email at all yeah. or social media, unless you can look at social media and really be a recreational, uh, you know, exploit for you. There's an addiction. I'm not sure that anyone actually. One, one, one never knows. One never knows. Yeah. Um, so, so, so that's, and we're seeing this, we're seeing this these days, um, especially with uh, coming out of COVID, what we're going through called the, uh, the great resignation. So many yes. people are quitting jobs in which they were overworked, undervalued, underpaid and said, no, 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 no. We are worth, worth, worth more than all this labor we've been, we've been putting in. And by the way, this applies to clergy as too. There are many clergy more than usual who quit during the time, especially the tail end of the pandemic, yours truly included, uh, from church ministry to go, you know what? No, no, I, we, we, we are worthy and deserve a different, a different experience, um, yeah. of this. So, so I had a minister say to me about, this was about six months ago, I was on uh, the phone and I was, you know, scheduling some guest speaking. And, um, when I was talking to her, she said, and it really shocked me because she said it like it was a badge of honor. 
um, that she had gone 59 weeks in a row without a, a Sunday off. Wow. And she said it, and it really was like something to be proud of. And I instantly, I went, okay, you, I said to her, I go, this sounds like you're something you're proud of. I go, I'm going to invite you to maybe backpedal on that a little bit. Like, what is it that, that, what is it that drives you to think that you need to, or, or, yeah, yeah. or it keeps you from actually stepping away? You know, yeah, the, yeah. the, why do I need to be the one that's always there and, or be in control or be, you know, the, the, um, I have to be in charge. And, and when we get stuck in the, the, um, you know, take a look at your agenda, take a look at your calendar, take a look at like an agenda for a meeting or your strategic plan or whatever it is, your Sunday service, and really be honest about what you have included in that time frame. More often than not, there's too much in it. And the the interesting irony slash paradox is when we build more time in for rest, we have more time to restore and repair and mm-hmm. then we are actually more engaged when we come to do things that we quote, yeah. quote, have to do. Right. So that's, that's, that's the pathway. Um, so, so as we rest, we restore, let's, let's talk a little bit about restoration um, before we, we go on break. And, and when we speak about restore, you know, we can break that up into re again, uh, store the the storage. We we are we are again building up our resources, or resources, or resources, or 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 energies, our uh, abilities to be present, be in the presence, be the presence. Uh, we are we are reestablishing ourselves. Um, this is what restoration is all about, and it doesn't just come from, as I mentioned before, stillness. Stillness is an important part of it. Um, literally sleeping, how many of us are getting seven to nine hours sleep a night? Um, that's, that's part of it, but it's also engaging in doing things that bring us joy simply for the fact that they bring us joy. There is, there is no point to it other than it makes us smile. It makes us laugh. Um, you know, whatever that might be, do we have time for those? Have we consciously made time for those things? in our day, in our week, in our month, what, whatever it is. Um, so, so that's, that's part of the restoration. Um, I also think of it um, in, in back to state of, uh, when we speak about the context of in our consciousness, um, it, it helps reconnect us to our consciousness of wholeness. So, you know, when we, when we speak of us being intrinsically whole, not broken, whole, not sick, whole, uh, not, not, uh, depleted right wholeness wholeness is our intrinsic state in consciousness and how do we how do we live from that how do we embody that that's part of where the rest comes in because when we rest we have time to really reconnect with that and live from that place of wholeness we also have we we but we ha- we also have a huge judgment in our culture and that's unconscious unexamined assumptions we just sort of operate in that if if i'm uncomfortable i'm doing something wrong yeah. that if you know if i'm not happy if i'm not peaceful i'm doing something wrong or ah. so for me you know original state of wholeness you know re- the restoration to return to that original state of wholeness is a, you know, an original state like all of me. Yeah. For me, my joys and my sufferings are my wholeness. It's all of me. And it's for me, it was learning to not have the judgment about things that are uncomfortable or what, you know, to, to be questioning like, oh, I shouldn't be angry. Why? If I'm angry, you know, I don't necessarily want to be, but I am. So own it. Let's stop arguing with reality and see what it is. You know, I'm, I'm feeling resentful. I'm worrying. I'm afraid. I'm, you know, you done me wrong. Great. If you're there and feeling it, own it and, you know, move to, move to what is it that's driving that? What, where is that kind of coming from? And, and to emphasize the, the cultural impact, you know, so, so the sort of the American ethos is so much to do, not enough time. 
I grew up in the Caribbean, Barbados, to be exact. <laughs> I can't tell you how many times I heard like my mother, who, by the way, is the hardest worker, most busiest person I, I've ever met in my entire life, still to this day. But the ethos was, well, if you didn't get it done today, you'll just do it tomorrow. <laughs> Right. There was there was there was never that there was never that shame around incompleteness. There was never that 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 pressure, that that push. There was always knowing we have another day. There's there's always more time. It was it was it was a it was an interesting consciousness of of sufficiency. Right. right. We, we actually we actually talked about this on our uh, Instagram live for Project Sanctus. You know, weapons of scarcity versus tools of sufficiency. And that was an important tool I picked up because while while I followed the model of doing what needs to be done, right, there was there was never that sense of shame around if I didn't finish it today. There was always right. more time. And speaking yeah. of not finishing, we're not done with our conversation about restoration, oh. but we got to take a break. Yes. So we're going to take a break now uh, and then we're going to come back finish our conversation around restoration and then on to repair and resist. You're listening to With Love and Justice for All with Reverend Ogan Holder and Reverend Kelly Isola. All right. We're back from a mini rest uh, as we continue <laughs> our conversation on rest, restore, repair, and resist. So uh, you had a couple things you wanted to wrap up on that restore slash restoration point. Yeah. The... Um... You know, the, the return, the, you know, original state of wholeness, you know, and, and restoring that um, it is, you know, to build up again. There's some similarities between restore and repair, which is, you know, where we're going next. Um, and one of the, one of those, the restore and repair for me is um, uh, the idea of living from my full self. And it's, it's, the idea of living from our full selves, living our whole selves um, is, I think it's often uh, an aspiration for spiritual communities and, and what we learn on our spiritual journey um, from our, you know, faith leaders, you know, um, and I don't know how well we actually do it. I don't know that we are living our full selves because uh, that's for me that means living the good the bad and the ugly and it also means living my lineage right bringing my ancestors forward it's been a a practice of mine for a little while to um to you know because in the in the journey of of europeans coming to america when you got off the boat you were no longer polish or italian or german you were white and so that restoration and repair for kelly is connecting to 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 the culture the ethnicity that is my lineage that is my ancestors and bringing that forward and and that because that's part of my restoration and repairing because there's remember we what we said with the with the some of us book is that racism you know costs everybody racism traumatizes and wounds everybody so the repair is that healing that which means i need to restore from whence i came does that make sense it does. It it does. It does. Um, where did you come from, by the way? Yeah. Right. I mean, you brought it up. Right. So uh, Italian and basically Italian, French, Canadian and, and some Ojibwe. Nice. There you so, go. There, there, there you go. So bringing the, um, you know, the Italian, the French Canadian, you know, the different the lineages of my past um, that I carry with me. Right. Uh, and and restoring them, repairing the the links that have been broken. Yes. Because in ancestors coming over, no, 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 you're just white. Um, you know, and and then on my mother's side, the French Canadian, they came over in the, the early 17th century to Canada. Uh, so you know that's that's a longer story. And then my father's side, the, you know, came from Italy in the 
the mid late 19th century. So, so one of the ways of restore the restoration, living my full self is, is that, uh, and, um, one way I'm doing that is, is my family and I are going down the road of, um, gaining Italian citizenship because we're, we're now eligible. So it's sort of, so I would have dual citizenship, but it's a way of, of restoring and repairing the, the intergenerational trauma. Will 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 there be a house in Italy with that citizenship? Yes. And and can yes. I come visit? Absolutely. All Absolutely. right. Yes. Then I hundred percent support what you're doing. <laughs> as long as it works out for you, you'll support me. Got it. Yeah. <laughs> hey. <laughs> happier you leads to a happier me, because I am I am connected to you. Uh, I, 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 I right. <laughs> That's very, very, there you go. The other thing about repair is, so there's for me as the individual, but then there's the, the amends, right? The making, Mm, the the restoring, the repairing um, is to making amends for injury. So that means, um, you know, in terms of larger culture, uh, the, you know, reparations for, um, for the oppression and the wounding and the traumatizing of bodies of culture for centuries. Oh, you said the R word. Yeah, I did. (laughs) But Reverend Kelly, but Reverend Kelly, I, 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 I grew up not racist. I've, I've never said anything against anyone. I've welcomed anyone of who is not white into my circle. You know, I shoot. I even, I, I, I even married someone from a different race. I mean, uh, you know, hey, how, what do you mean reparations? I, I, I don't owe anybody anything. You know, my my ancestors didn't even have slaves. I didn't I didn't contribute to this situation. What do you mean reparations? What do I owe anybody? <laughs> well, uh, yeah, that's a maybe that's a put that on our list of show topics. Reparations. <laughs> That that deserves a whole episode. Yes, it does. <laughs> so, what, but that being said, what I will respond to it is that that's that's I did not create the system that we live in. That's correct. I didn't create it, and because um, you have gone through life as a white body, I have, unbeknownst to me, you know, perpetuated the system. Yes. Right. I in in a way to 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 kind of take a look at that. And it's and it's uncomfortable for white people to say, wait a minute, because it's I'm not I'm not racist. And when we look at the word racist, it's important for us to learn that we're not using it as a derogatory slur. We're using it as like, let's see how we can take the emotional uh, charge out of it. And the things that I think or the things that I say um, can be racist. While I don't own it for my whole being, I'm not altogether woke. (laughs) Right. How, 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 to your point, um, as a white body, are, are, are you perpetuating the system, even if you don't think you are overtly benefiting from the system, right? And that goes all the way through where you live, um the taxes you pay who you vote for um what you buy like all of these all of these things even where you go to church and how your church operates all of these things um yes unbeknownst to you are are helping to perpetuate the system and again we're not we're not saying this from a place of judgment or or trying to embarrass or shame you but to invite you into an awakening it's Uh, what is it's what is and to and to start looking at them and part of reparations is what are the shifts in consciousness that i need to make uh individually um whether i'm a white body person or even a person of color um in order to start to create a system that is different from what is already here um, yeah. And and that's that's gonna take some time, and it's gonna take a lot of energy. Yeah, back to the rest, <laughs> back so, to the restoration. So I'll give just a couple examples for people if they're not, you know, they're like, yes, I'm not racist. I, you know, I married a black person. Got it, and so did I. 
And um, it doesn't change the fact that I move through the world, you know, with this as, you know, the, the white, as a white body. So a couple of things, just think about this. Do you, do you ever wonder, so think about where you, if you're a white person, think about where you go shopping. Do you ever wonder if they're going to have shampoo that works for your hair? If you've never wondered, that's an example of privilege. Or, or are your hair products behind a locked case? Yes. If they're there at all. If they're there at all. Yes. Look at your bookshelf. How many of your authors, of look at all the books on your bookshelf. How many authors are uh, a person of color? Yeah. They're just, you know, it's not, it's, it's largely unconscious. And again, it's not to guilt. It's not to shame. It's just to start noticing so that, so that we can repair so that I can change where I shop. Right. Let me go shopping, you know, for look at the places where you do go shopping. How many of those places are owned by white bodies? How many are owned by bodies of color? And and we mean online as well. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> Just bring everybody up to speed. Bring yes. it in twenty century, twenty first century. We mean yes. online as well. So if you, for instance, if you go to Project Sanctus to the eight forty six book club, there's a link there that gives you a long list of bookstores owned by um, per- persons of color whether yes. it's indigenous or black people. Um, so just even that, where you buy your books. Yeah. What, what, what cell phone company do you yeah. use? Yeah. For, for example, you know, yeah. we just, we just heard, we just saw in the news recently, um, the, 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 the big ups at AT&T, for example, some years ago wanted to create a conservative news network and they uh, went ahead. And even though they're saying this was an explicit in our business plan, but, but there was a, a big funding and creation of um, the OAN news network, which if you've not seen it yet is, is hard right of Fox news. Like, I mean, like, I know, hate to give them airtime. I, I, I know, but, but, part of it is is part of it is where's the money going right? right you know um so so just to take a look begin looking at all of these things um you know for years I was a bank of america customer and recently i started i started doing a lot of banking with um um, um a bank called aspiration bank why because a lot of um they they do a lot of work towards environmental justice so example, you know, for every dollar that I spend, uh, when I buy gas, they, they buy carbon offsets and they work with this mm-hmm. other organization that plants trees. So every dollar I spend, um, I'm, I'm helping to plant a tree somewhere, which is great for the environment. But if you do your deep dive, right, um, um, environmental pollution in, um, disproportionately affects people of color. So yes. there, so there's a racial justice element to that as well. So, so we're not asking you to go 20 miles out of your way in your daily living. We're asking you to look at the things that you do in your everyday life, um, to, to begin to make those changes. Um, reparations repairing isn't some big government conspiracy just to give people a color free money. No, it's okay. about what each and every one of us do to go. We want to create and contribute to a different system than what's okay. what what is the one that we currently live in. And the economy is one of the most powerful places since yes. our economic system is designed and built from slavery yes 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 it is which brings us all now economics is is what we have it's it's what we have and now let's talk about how we resist so we've sort of been inadvertently talking about that um uh when we when we rest we're getting we're getting off of this capitalist idea of of our worth is our productivity we're pushing back against that uh isn't it funny that that to rest is a form of resist that it is a form it is a form of resistance and not just performative rest right mm. uh truly truly allowing that that time to to pull away from any any labor and to you know use the word restore or replenish but and we also just talked about about repairing um and and reparations how how in what we do 
we can focus on on creating a new system. So let's talk about resist uh, in the time we have left. And we know resist resistance is like a you know the 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 monster under the bed, the boogeyman, especially in in you thought communities because we have that we have that wonderful teaching says what we resist persists. So so you know let's not talk about these things. Let's not give them a lot of energy. Let's not give them a lot of attention. Let's just focus on you know peace, love, and joy. Um, and, yeah. and not have conversations, um, around this or let's even exclude and literally in some cases exclude mention of things from our, from our spiritual communities. Yes, that is happening. Uh, out there, no names called, no fingers pointed. But, um, so when we speak of what we resist persists, we always have to reinforce the teaching that this is about in consciousness. Right. Okay. And this really speaks to, um, you know, when, when there is, when there is within our consciousness, um, um, a, a desire, a desire actually to return to wholeness. And there's a struggle because of fear. When we, when we fixate on the thoughts around fear and scarcity and lack, we will, we will have, for example, more, more thoughts of that because that's all we see. Right. Uh, conversely, when we focus our, and and have more thoughts around around um, wholeness, around abundance, around sufficiency and generosity. We'll experience more of that of that too. So so this is this is a consciousness thing, not an not an external thing. Yeah, it's not an external resistance. Ex ex right, ex ex exactly. Because there so, actually is a place for that. There there is a huge place for that. Yes, make no <laughs> mistake about it. I remember one. I remember one Sunday I was uh, speaking ab around this, and I wore my uh, uh, in in support of in support of um, equality. I was wearing um, a resist T-shirt, um, and and some and this is what someone said to me in the receiving line. I don't I don't understand um, what what are we resisting? If we resisting it, aren't we perpetuating it? And I said no. No, no, no. When, when we say we're resisting in the external, when we uh, resisting systems of oppression, we are, we are saying, I will no longer t perpetuate this. I will no longer take part in this. Uh, that's, that's the external resistance. And that's where we have to start. That's not start, but that's really what we have to do. We have to actively not participate in the systems of oppression and the systems of separation um, and, and that's, that's also part of the, the reparations, the repairing, yeah. you no longer participate in the system, then, you know, system, system will eventually crumble. It's taking so, a stand, the outer, like resisting outer is take a stand Yes. to say, no, it's not okay. Exactly. Yeah, we like to we love the idea of well, all perspectives are welcome. Okay, they don't all carry the same weight. I I, I would say that they're not all welcome. I don't. I know. <laughs> I'm just I'm being a little gentler because <laughs> I know some people really they get stuck on that. Yes, yes. We're actually going to do a little a show uh, down the road, um, both and versus both sides. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, and no, it's 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 okay to say not all perspectives are welcome because not all perspectives are life and love generating. Right. Um, right. Exactly. Yeah. The um, coming from, um, uh, you know, it, coming from that place of love and I don't mean romantic, you know, pink frosting unicorns, but really the, the principle, which, and the principle of love is really a principle of justice, yes. of well-being, Right. And if that's not present, then that's my, you know, I'm going to resist and bring that there. And if it's not going to be present, I'm going to move on. Yes. Sometimes leaving, right? Like resting is the resisting. Yeah. Yes. Paradoxical. It is paradoxical. And it's important to do our resistance, as you're saying, from love and not, not from anger. Yes. Uh, because because um, to 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 quote our founder Charles Fillmore, uh, love is the great harmonizer. <laughs> love love is that which reconnects us, re repair, rejoin. Um, it it is it is when we come back again to our we talk about restoring our original state of wholeness. That's that's the consciousness in which that is also 
centered, but but anger, and again, anger not being a bad thing for me, anger is anger is that is that sign that lets me know uh, there's a misalignment somewhere, right? So whether it's 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 um, I am not in alignment with who I say I am, and this action is not in alignment with that, or or something happens that that pushes back against me, but. Uh, anger also lets me know when there's a wounded place in me that's been triggered and when there's fear associated with that as well. So, so anger is anger points me to my points me in the direction of my healing. So yes. in and of itself, anger is not a bad thing. However, anger can also lead to things like vengeance and, um, and doing harm to those who have harmed me as, uh, you know, getting back at them. So, so we 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 want our resistance not to come from that place um but rather to come from a place of realizing that when we are all grounded and centered in love in equanimity in justice we all benefit from it so just as racism is harmful to all of us an anti-racist system grounded in love benefits us yes. all so you can resist from a place of love. Yes. The two are not. And uh, the, um, uh, the, the resisting. So, you know, when you, when you talk about love being the great harmonizer, I, I, I just, I want people to really understand that harmony doesn't mean homogenous. Correct. The word harmony means things go together. Yes. So how I resist may look differently than someone else, right? Correct. How, um, you know, how I, I show up, how I um, activate and generate and be love and be justice can look different, but it's the harmonizing is that it goes together. Yes. Um, but it's not identical. It's not no. the same, you know, how we live this. So I am, um, you know, the, the resist is, a is um, I think that's a, a, a uh, can be a tough idea for people that are used to, well, aren't we supposed to just be, you know, at peace and joy and love and like-minded, one of my least favorite terms, <laughs> uh, it, you know, cause I understand it's that intent to impact thing, which is another. That's another, another episode. Uh, right. Uh, and I understand why people, you know, like-minded, but harmony is a great harmonizer is a principle and a way of being that, that brings things together, but they're not the same. Right. They go together. They do. And can I just say, when we speak about uh, being with like-minded folks, what we're really saying is, I don't want to be uncomfortable. Right. <laughs> you know, yes. and yeah. we have to remember that discomfort is how we grow. Yes. So we need, we, we need people, we, we need people who, uh, you know, as the great sage uh, Bono from U2 said, uh, we're one, but we're not the same, and that's 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 okay. It, it, it is okay. Um, and there um, are many onenesses. There are many. <laughs> Mind blown. Yep, another episode. <laughs> there are many onenesses. There um, are. No, no, I'm agreeing with you. Oh, okay. I'm agreeing with you. I'm just, I'm just imagining. I'm just imagining <laughs> other minds. Imagine yes. the minds being blown, yes. um, or, or or folks struggling with that. Um, so 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 again, what we've been talking about from the inception of the show here uh, of this episode, you know, rest is a form of resistance. Um, yeah. Repairing reparations a form of resistance. Um, how we conduct ourselves each and every day, um, how we how we shop, how we you know support who we support also forms of of resistance um is your spiritual community engaged in anti-racism resistance practices what can those look like right um because often there's such an emphasis on let's make this space comfortable and when we say make it comfortable who are we making it comfortable for and when we look at you know, specifically, you know, in, in unity communities, um, which are predominantly white, um, who are we, again, making it comfortable for? And what does this mean for anyone who doesn't look like that? Who, right? So, so there's, there's that piece of it as well. 
because when we talk about how do we make our community welcome in, part of how you make it welcome in is looking to see where is it that we can build in these pieces of anti-racism resistance. It's a, and it's and resistance, you know, to resist really is is not a good thing. So someone, someone call in on Skype. I don't know. That was fun. That was um, fun. So the, the, and to resist is really an, it's not an intellectual pursuit. It's really an embodied practice. Like the, the way that I resist is an, I, I need to, you know, by embodied, I mean, I am settled in my body. It doesn't mean there isn't necessarily stuff around me that's uncomfortable or, or disharmonious, right? Mm-hmm. But me, inside myself, have a sense of, I have a sense of safety, I have a sense of security, however I define that for me. So it's embodied, which allows me to resist um, from that place of love. It allows me to resist um, to move into reparation, to to rest, yeah. which means take myself out of the system. Yes. So it's really it's not about having it's not about having more educational classes necessarily and book studies and DEI webinars. It's really an embodied. Um, where does racism affect me, regardless of what my color is, and how what's my what's mine to t- to heal that, um, yep. which means resting, taking myself, noticing where to take myself out, and the resisting. Yeah, I like resistance, frankly. But I, I, I like resting. Yeah, <laughs> we need them both. Right? We need them both. Yeah. We need them both. Yes. And, and and conveniently, yes, since resting is resisting, um, yeah. you know, sort of kill two birds with one stone. <laughs> right. <laughs> so go oh. rest go repair restore go repair go resist right yeah to uh and uh, and, and and realizing i'm realizing all of that is holy yes it is all, yes, of, it is. all, all of that all of that is holy so uh thank you for listening in this episode please head over to projectsanctus.com discover more about who we are and what we do um and join us on this journey Join us on this journey of creating a world of equanimity, love, and justice for all. Let's go get our holy, holy on. Our holy on. We will see you next week.